Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and I am so excited about this interview today. I feel like I know Tanya for a long time. We've just been chatting so much. I said, oh my God, we got to start the interview because I feel like we're kindred spirits in the way she approaches life and the way she lives her life and things like that. I'm going to read the very shortest bio so we can get her right on. Tanya is a business strategy and holistic entrepreneur coach. Going beyond concepts and theories, she uses practical systems, methods, and processes for everyday life to bring transformation and achievement. Her and her team run coaching programs, retreats, workshops, and courses around the world for results-focused progress and success. Tanya, how are you today? I am doing fantastic. Thanks so much for having me. And so I learned a little bit about you. You were married at 21. I was married at 21. We had our first kid at 23. And then by the time I was 29, we had four. <laughs> you <know>? Wow. <laughs> Cause that and fix that. But, but you also, um, you really, you, first of all, you're, 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 you had a challenging childhood and then, you know, um, you lost your husband like four years later to cancer at, at 25. 25 years old. I was 25. He was 29. And uh, we had about a three month warning, if you will, um, when he was giving his prognosis. And I, he was diagnosed on my birthday. Uh, oh my so happy, happy birthday, 2005. And uh, yeah, uh, three months later, that was it. That is heartbreaking. You know, my sister-in-law lost her husband of pancreatic cancer and happened very quickly. And yeah, Oh my gosh. So those but, things get caught in like the last, they always, it's stage four is the only time they really catch it. So those are, those are tough ones. You know, they're, they're tough. I mean, thankfully a lot of the other cancers have kind of like an early, a little more early warning signs, but uh, pancreatic cancer, what my husband had, pelangiocarcinoma, um, they, they don't, they don't give no warning. When, once you find it, it's like, well, this is this kind right. of end. So yeah, it's it tough. Here, it's, it's because it's too late. And so, yeah. Yeah. But you're, but you've remarried and yes. and you and your husband you have a you have a, a son right now I believe I do I have a three and a half year old oh good <laughs> yeah so I'm I'm you know I'm I'm busy <laughs> even if I'm doing nothing I'm busy <laughs> so. and you know so be you're a coach I you're you're certified a bunch of things you you teach and and you speak and you. And I'm really curious about traveling the world. People think I travel the world. No, I travel up and down the East Coast because <laughs> I actually can't cross an ocean. I don't have enough fuel. But um, so t let me go back. Let me go back a, a few steps. When yeah. did the entrepreneurial bug bite you? Oh, gosh. I mean, I think it's always been there. Um, again, growing up as the, you know, really super poor girl. Um, you know, we lived in homeless shelters. I, I know there's people who've, who've grown up without money, but I mean, we really, I mean, we were lucky to have a car, you know, if we could sleep in a car. So most of the time we didn't have that. So the entrepreneurial bug was really just, you know, um, learning how to, you know, sell tamales or some anything going, oh, we could sell that or we could, we could do something with that or learning how to make, you know, milk crates into nice shelves, you know, those were, I always had like this, you know, how can I make it better? How can I, you know, I don't have much to work with. How can I do it? So, so that's always been there. And that was, that was in me. And I, I was, 
I came to realizations really early. You know, I, I realized, hey, there, there wasn't college happening for me. So I took high school very seriously, not because my parents cared about my grades or anything, but because I knew like, this is all I got. Like this, this, like, this is free right now. So I'm, I got to make it happen. So I always had that spirit of like doing the best I could with whatever was given to me, whatever was in front of me. And so I think that just lent itself to that, that spirit, you know, that, that make it happen. Like I got nothing, but that's okay. What can I do with it? Well, I applaud your, first of all, tenacity, but also, I mean, there's, it just seems like there's so many people who just recoil with woe is me and this is what I'm dealt with. So my life sucks. And you really, you know, you weren't going to have any of that. You were going to become successful. And it was the lack of, you know, it, it is start where you are, work with what you have. Right. And, and that's what you did. And yeah. And, well, I, I think there's two schools of thought, right? Like you can have this great example in front of you and that can inspire you. Or you can have the opposite of what I had and go, wow, I know that's what I don't want. And that becomes the inspiration to get out of that. So I'm curious when, so you had a, a professional background and you had a yeah. kind of corporate background. At what age did you become an entrepreneur and, and, and was your first venture, was you decide you wanted to be a coach or did that come somewhere down the line? It all kind of fell together. So really, um, I was in the corporate. I was working in clinical research. I was already just ecstatic at that because I had, you know, a job. I had a good job. I had something that, again, I, I hadn't grown up with. So I was really happy to be that working in the medical field. And when, when my husband also worked in the medical field and when he um, passed away, the last thing I wanted to do after living in hospitals for months was to go back to work in the, in the medical field. I, I just, I had my fill of doctors and clinical settings. I was like, this is not what I want. And um, it's hard though to, to go, well, okay, I'm finally at a place where I have stability. I have, uh, you know, all the things I, I thought I wanted, right? All the things I was afraid of not having as a child, I technically had now. I, I had a place to live. <laughs> I had income. You know, I, I had somewhat of a, a set life. And so I was really working towards that. I was really working towards normality, right? Like stability. And so for this to happen, it, re it really turned my world upside down. And it really had me reevaluate what it is that I wanted because I was, I worked in clinical research. So I was extremely organized. I had to, you know, dot my eyes, cross my T's because if you don't, someone could die. Like it was a very serious situation. And so that was a, a point of pride. And I was, I was in this race to like get to, to arrive, to win, whatever I was winning. I don't even know exactly where I was going, but I was going to get there. And so I spent most of my time, you know, work, working the career path, doing the 16 hour days, you know, um, doing to-do lists that were crazy. And I'll tell you this, I did to-do lists that, um, this is how old I was. I used to fax my husband. Okay. Fax machines guys are a thing. And so I used to fax my husband, the list of what we needed to do when we were going to get home from work. And I kid you not, it was minute by minute, Jim. It was like, oh I, I, I had like 6.03 to 6.06 was like a bathroom break. Like that was how crazy I was, okay? Wow. It, was, it was crazy. And my husband, I mean, bless his heart, like he, he just, he was like, okay, honey. And we would get home and we would go with this crazy because I was like, I'm going to get it all done. And when I get it done, when it's finally all done, whatever all of it is, that's when I'll live life. That's when it will finally arrive and we'll start to enjoy life and we'll start to just, you know, live. And then he was gone. Yeah. Right. And that was like, holy crap. Like I, I, that was such a realization at 25 to go, 
I, I've wasted my life, right? Like at such an early age to go, oh my gosh, all this time and precious time that I, I didn't know was, was limited with my husband was gone. And all this time I could have spent, we could have enjoyed, I was in here worrying about dishes and the laundry and bathroom breaks and all of these things. That was, that threw me for a big loop. And so that really, after all the hospitals, I was like, I, I don't want to go back to this. And so I was at that, that crossroads right there of like, how, how dare you give up the stability and things that you've never had, you know, um, and go for this unknown. And, but I knew in my heart, like, I just, this is not the life I want anymore. I want to live now. I don't want any more 16 hour days. And so that was, to answer your question, that would be the start of that journey. You know, so I had cancer when I was 41 and I was on a growth path with my career. Same thing, leaving the, I used to leave the house at 6.30. I'd probably get home 6.30, 7 o'clock. And, you know, you hear the expression, oh, I'm doing it for the family. Well, you know, <laughs> not so much, but um, part, partly true. But after that, I mean, one of my favorite possession, <clears throat> possessions, and it's one of the few things we actually brought on the boat after we sold the house, is I have a nice hourglass because I never want to forget that the sand is running out and it will run out eventually. And so that's kind of why we're doing what we're doing. We did not want to wait for that mythical time when it might be okay to go live on a boat. So we, yes. just, we built our life around it. So again, I think we got so much in common there. Now, yeah. Well, so I love that you said mythical because it's a, such a belief that there is a right time and it doesn't, that doesn't exist. You know, that, that is so important that you, that you call it that because the choice is to live is now, right? There's no like magical time that you're going to find. It's now. Yeah. So um, we'll fast forward a little bit. So you got remarried and you had your, your son um, and then you sold everything and you left the United States. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So to, to, without taking too much time, to, up to speed there. So I went on my kind of path and journey of like trying different things. I mean, I was still young. So I was able to like try things like selling bags at festivals and stuff all the way to um, working in music. So I traveled with bands and I worked in hip hop and I did things I never thought I'd do. And that path, believe it or not, led me into working in the natural products arena. So a lot of those products you see on the shelves and Whole Foods, you know, I did a lot of work with those companies to get on those shelves. So then I was working in that arena. And so I really started rebuilding a life, doing things that were exciting and trying different things. And I, I came back up. I came back into a, a new reinvention of myself and taking new risks. You know, now, now stability, the thing I was always thought I was going for was no longer what was exciting. I was, I was excited kind of going, I don't know where this is going to take me, but that's okay. Let's see. And so I went through all these places and one of those things led me to the first time I sold all my stuff and left, took me to China. And I actually left to go to China and live at the Shaolin Temple to study Kung Fu for a year. Wow. I knew nothing about Kung Fu, guys. Like, it's not like a thing like, oh, well, she must have been a martial arts person. No, not at all. Random step of opportunities and went, okay, I'm going to do it. Sold everything, left my job, and went there for a year. Um, that's when I met who I'm now married to. <laughs> and so he also obviously had that spirit. So he was in China studying Kung Fu. We met, um, we, we you know, began dating all these lovely things. And then we, we continued to travel the world. So from there, from China, like from there, literally from China, we left to India. Um, I studied Arabic medicine. And then from there, I went through Thailand and Vietnam and Laos, Cambodia, you know, Australia, Japan, Korea, all the way, made my way back to LA. And, uh, 
kept traveling. I was like, I'm just going to keep doing this. And then I was pregnant with my son and I came back to the U.S. We, we both came back together and was like, okay, I'm going to go back to what I was doing. And I was miserable. I was absolutely miserable. So I, I, I just fell back into the old patterns and the old habits and the lists and the things. And I was like, this is not the life that I want again. And so again, um, that's when we're like, we got to do something different. And if any of you know, California is not the cheapest place to live. And so, um, and my husband, he's, he's from Czech Republic. So he was not legal to work there. So it was really only me supporting us and being able to, we're waiting for his, you know, green cards and all this fun stuff. And so, um, that's when we're like, you know what, this is just, this isn't fun anymore. It's not worth, worth it. And so for us, so we sold everything. And I mean, literally everything. I had a six-week garage sale, <laughs> and basically my house went to garage sale. And um, we we left. We left and came and kind of set up a little home base in Czech Republic, and used that to to travel the world. So the last couple of years, we we lived in Thailand, we lived in Vietnam, in Bali. Uh, we just got back from a stint in Sweden, um, and we leave actually in a week and a half to go to France for a couple months, and then we'll see what what the next adventure is. We're thinking about China again, actually. Girl, you are living life. I'm telling oh, we you. Are. <laughs> There's people whose jaws are dropping like, I can't plan a week's vacation at the Jersey Shore. <laughs> and you're all, so when did, uh, so your business, your entrepreneur, you created Build-A-Biz. So um, mm -hmm. when did that happen? And tell us how that, how you run that. So that was literally decided. Um, I quit uh, working with the client that was making me miserable. We were in New York and I actually quit like on the spot. And I was like this, I'm done. Like I was still in New York. Like, I'm not from New York. So we were like on location and I was like, yeah, you know what? This just can't happen anymore. And a week later, I actually incorporated build -A -Biz. I was like, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do but I know I'm good at these things and um, we're just, I'm just gonna go with it. And so I started by doing like, we were doing advertising. I, I come from a marketing background. So when I was after clinical and all that, when I moved into music and from music and CPG, it was really all marketing. So I was doing national marketing, national campaigns. I worked with companies like Nestle. And so um, that, was, that was my background. So it doesn't really matter what the business is, my my thing is I know how to come in and, and make you visible and, and get your message out there. And so um, so from there, I was, we started in like advertising. So people would contact us to do advertising. And what was happening was a lot, I was turning people down. It wasn't because I had so much, you know, oh my gosh, we had so much business. I was turning people down. But they, I was like, you guys, this your business isn't ready. This isn't where it is. And and I, I would start creating these marketing plans, and they they wouldn't be able to implement it because they'd be they'd be busy or something. They get backlogged. And so what ended up happening? I'd, I'd be talking to these CEOs. And I'm like, well, well, what did you do yesterday? Well, what time are you getting up? What time are you going to sleep? Okay, well, see, so you're on the symptoms of burnout here. And next thing I knew. I was coaching, like I was really getting into their daily life because it didn't matter the golden nuggets that were handed to them if their daily life was a mess, right? It didn't matter the business that I came, I had just left a business who was given a million dollars, a million, right? That's, that's what people think they need. They go, oh my gosh, if I was handed a million dollars, my business would X, Y, Z and everything would be perfect. I just walked away from a business where that was the exact situation that happened. And I watched them run it to the ground because they themselves were just a mess. And so it's not the answer. That's not, it doesn't matter who you hire or how many good, amazing people you have around like me. No, just kidding. Um, but it doesn't matter because if you're, everything else is a mess. And so 
that's what ended up happening. I was like, well, you, I, I said, hey, I'd love to take your money, but <laughs> this, th we need to talk about this. Like you're, what's going on in your day to day? Why aren't you sleeping enough? Why are you late to the meetings? And that really just kind of naturally progressed into coaching. And so I started going, well, oh my gosh, this is what I'm doing. They're getting results when I do this. And so I, I went further into it and I started getting additional certifications and diving into that till, and I just, I loved it. I just, as you can tell, I like to talk. So this was great. You know, it was, it was, yeah, natural progression. I can hear your passion about it. I'm, I'm curious. I'm not um, diving into your personal life, your faith life, but when I got to a point where, you know, I knew I, I was a business coach, I was helping people with marketing, but when I started doing live events and get feeding off the audience and when people started sharing the results they were getting, I had this feeling in my chest, like, oh my God, this is, this is, it wasn't creating all these businesses that I did. It was to that got me to where I am now so I could help these other people. And that it just felt inside, like, this is what I was supposed to be doing. Did yeah. you, you experience that? Absolutely. It was the impact, right? It was, it stopped being about, yeah, the things and the, and the, like you said, the businesses you create, it started being, I, I remember teaching a, a branding course and I had a lady message me and she said, my business finally makes sense to me. And it, and that's all she's just, she's like, I, it just, fi I finally get it. And that like almost brought me to tears. Like I was like, it made me feel so good. I actually went to some Facebook groups and I'm like, I just have to tell somebody like this feels so good. Like, and it, and I was, I was like that. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, like that's what I want more of. Like that's what I feed off of, right? It's just like seeing them come around, seeing people take their first trip, right? If my story inspires someone to like, at least get it to another state, like that alone feels good. If it takes somebody that goes, oh my gosh, I woke up early and I, I you know, read my Bible or I, I wrote in my journal or whatever that was, like they did those things that they think they can, they have to wait to do till they have a rich life. Like once I have this time, I'll be happy when, if I can bring in any institute of like, you can live that life now. It's not the money. It's not that you need more time. It's that you just need to be clear. You just need the clarity to choose that. That's all it is. That, that's what makes my day. That's the impact I want to leave. So with you, um, what do you work with a lot of corporate types like C-suite? Do you work with entrepreneurs or like everything in between or? Yeah. So now I'm really focused on entrepreneurs. My, uh, my first background was really working on, on with like startups, venture companies and C-suite. And I just started little by little moving into kind of the small business entrepreneur and, and, and I was cautioned against it, you know, walking away from very nice high level contracts going to people who were just starting off. And so again, you know, like the month, that's not, I didn't follow the money trail as you know, which would have been advised. But the, the payoff of watching them grow something that they took this risk and this leap to do, which was the same thing I did, like taking those risks and leaps to, to go to China or to travel or to sell my things, like that, that's where I found my sweet spot. And those are the people I relate the most to. So that, that's who, who I sit and support. That's so interesting because of all the people that I, I have people across different niches, but I, I do help a lot of people start coaching programs. One of the things I tell them, if you, if you, if you find your who, like who you're really meant to serve, it's like the paycheck is good. But when, when you hear and you help somebody actually achieve the lifestyle that they want to live through, through your, your coaching and consulting, counseling, whatever, 
that just lights you up. That makes, yeah. I think early, early on, you know, we all hear the expression, just do what you love and you'll never work a day. Or there's another one, serve enough people, you'll never have to worry about money. It's like, oh yeah, it's easy for you to say you're rich, you ever said that. Right. <laughs> that really is the essence of, of, of those quotes. Do you agree? It is. And you know what, when you do that, you know, I very much believe like when, when you do do that and it's so genuine, it's so real, you will watch the, the flow of, of financial support come in right? It, it is there. So it's not like live like a pauper because you're doing this. Like the, the money does come, but there's something that happens when you, when it's so genuine and authentic, because you, then all of a sudden your marketing is, is really pe other people so passionate about what you did spreading the word for you. Like your marketing becomes so like minimal of what you need to do because the authenticity and genuine of like what you do like spreads. And, and I'm a marketer, like, trust me, I know like the gimmicks and the methods and all of those things, but there's something that happens when your heart's in it, right? That, that brings the money in a whole different way. One of your um, topics that I know you speak on is the power of starting over, Tanya. And you clearly have started over from childhood and then the career and, and the success and then, you know, losing your husband and get, going traveling, married, starting. But, I mean, I don't know how many times you've started over, <laughs> but you certainly, um, you know, earned the right to counsel people in that. Is that a, do you get called upon a lot for that topic? I do. We have a lot of people who have gone through um, you know, either losses of the, in, in their personal life, losses in their business, dips, or even just finding themselves lost. Maybe their, their business is still going well and they're just not, they're like, I just don't feel fulfilled. And so, and then, and then a lot of time as we get older, we feel like, well, it's too late to start over. And and that's not true. It's a lie. That's a lie. Like it's a lie. Like it's, we're never too late. And what it takes is resilience and the resilience isn't something that we're just innately born with. It's actually something that we can practice. It's something that we fill. It's, it's a bucket that we fill. And we do that by tending to ourselves. We do that by like, t like looking at us, you know, first, which a lot of us don't do. We think it's noble to put everyone else first and little, you know, and th there's a saying that says, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. And so right. a lot of what I talk about is really how we, we gather ourselves up to become, to, to go to this next chapter. And all of a sudden, when we have that strength, it doesn't even seem like a question to start over. It's like, well, of course I can do this. Like, look at everything I have around me. I'm totally ready for this. And so we do, we talk a lot about starting over if you're in transitions. Um, you know, I always give people the um, example, which most people don't know this, is that Google started over. They used to be a company called Backrub. Nobody knows that now. Like nobody talks about wow. Backrub. Yeah, Google was called Backrub. They started over. Google started over. And I think they did okay for themselves. You know, I haven't checked lately, but I think they're all right. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they have any cash flow issues. Yeah, I don't think they um, do. So, you know, I like that expression, you can't pour from an empty cup. There's, there's one more, and then I want to give you a chance to talk about your websites and whatnot. But um, I, I come across people, and you, I'm guessing you do too, that have money issues, like they struggle with worth and whether they can charge enough and things like that. And one of the things I like to remind people of, especially if they're heart-centered, is you know one of the best ways to help the poor is not be one of them. You know? yes. So why don't you build your that. business now and let that business be what funds your your generous heart, right? I mean, yeah. look, we take time as well. I'm not downplaying that, but for people who want to make a difference and make an impact, why don't you grow your business to be very successful? That will give you the cash flow and the opportunity to, to really step up in a big way. Absolutely. And you need to remember that money 
is a tool and it's a valuable tool that allows you, like you said, to continue to spread that message, to help others. There, you know, those, the nonprofits, they do get money. <laughs> they, they absolutely get money and donations so they can further what they do. Part of that money goes to fund staff so they can full-time do that. They do need money, but that money is a tool for this larger thing. And so that's absolutely important. There is such a, a money we have so many different beliefs that would come from that. And I know even for myself, one thing um, growing up the way that I did was the scarcity mindset. And so I was always coming with the idea that there wasn't going to be enough. It was going to get taken away soon. And so I was holding on to it so tight and I was saving. I was smart with my money. I had learned my lesson from watching my parents. I saved, I saved, I saved, I saved, I saved. And you know what? It wasn't until I started spending and investing. And, and I mean, and I'm talking, I don't mean in the stock market. I mean, I, I agree with all that. And I, I do that now. But when I was first starting, come on, I, I didn't have that place. But when I was like, I'm, I'm going to pay for this class. I'm going to pay for this certification. Those were scary, scary times. And every time I did it, it came back to me. I kid you not, tenfold. Wow. And it was when I started accepting that, you know what? There's enough. There is enough. And I'm telling you one time, and I know I don't want to talk too much, but I did one where I invested um, $5,000. And that was unfathomable to me. And I'm telling you, this was at a very difficult time. Um, I had some bad things with a business partner. I'd, I'd lost a bunch of money. And so it was kind of down to our last money. And so that was the next two months of our income, really, like or, or paying the bills and everything. And I, there was a class in the course I wanted to take that was going to help with the business. And if I lost that money, if it wasn't there, like I pretty much threw our family off. Like that's what the consequence would have been. And so it was a very scary thing, but I, I was like, I, I believe in this. This is something and I know we're going to be okay. I, I have to believe we're going to be okay. And I did it. And wow. from, from that direct investment of putting in $5,000, which was the scariest thing at the time, that year from that money, because of that investment and the connections I made, I came back with 15,000. That's amazing. And, and oh my gosh, Tanya, that little chime says I got five minutes to make that. Okay, okay, I know, I know. I'll, I'll talk your ear oh, Seriously, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed this conversation. That's my, when, when I can't silence the whistle before it goes off, that means I'm in a daydream enjoying oh. this <laughs> I, I have got to have you back sometime in the future if you'll come. We, we, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I guess we're going to need like the three-part series or something just so I you know. and I can chat. Right? Maybe after Labor Day, we'll, we'll have you back. and we'll, we'll Oh, do- I would love it. Well, how can people, I'm sure people are like enthralled. They want to, they want to see what you look like, where you live. <laughs> where, where, yes. where can they find you? So, um, my name is Tanya Marie Figueres Kreisinger. I don't expect anyone to remember that. And because of that, um, it's, it's a Mexican Czech thing. You know, we have to have like 15 names. Um, but uh, because of that, I go by Tanya MFK. And so you can find me at tanyamfk.com. All my social media handles are the same, Tanya MFK, Facebook, Instagram. Um, you do a little Google there. I, I, because I've been in the industry so long and worked in music and um, we've had a, a lot of articles and, and podcasts lately. So um, you just put Tanya MFK and, and I'll, be the, I'll be the only one that shows up. So you can. By the way, folks, what she just did there is a golden nugget. She made herself rememberable. Like you're never going to remember her name, but Tanya MFK, you, you will not forget that. And so yeah. it's a very cool little thing she did there. So Tanya, thank you so much. I really love connecting with you. Yes, it was great. Thank you so much for having me. 
Okay. Hey, folks, that wraps us wraps up this very special. And you know what this was? This was the party line. You got to listen to a wonderful conversation between Tanya and myself, two entrepreneurs who are out there living life to the fullest. I hope you enjoyed it. Re-listen to it two or three times. I think you'll find something just like when you read a book multiple times. Anyway, connect with me at uh, my free Facebook group, Build Your Dream Business Now. Get jimpalmer.com is my main website. But this is the podcast. So this until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I am Captain Jim Palmer, and you take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.